Inclusive is brought to you by Destination Everywhere, a company dedicated to travelers of all abilities. My name is Eleonora and I'm your host. And we're recording. And a big warm welcome to James Exton today. Hello, James. Hello, Eleonora. How are you? Good, good. I'm fine. How are you and where are you? I'm very bored. Uh, <laughs> I'm at home in Cranwell in England. Um, so just dying to get away somewhere, but I don't know when that will be. But... Oh, let's keep fingers crossed. You're you're during this is your third lockdown, isn't it? The for the UK. Although I've lost lost track, really. It's mm-hmm. you know the government say one thing, and you know I I decided you know mid, middle of last year to just avoid everyone and not to leave the house. So uh, which is fine. I don't mind that too much but okay okay but then it's good to to have a few online chats i mean we, we've done a few since the beginning of corona yeah you were, yeah yeah we did one in sri lanka because um james is the founder of actually are they two separate companies or is it the all all in one access sri lanka and access the globe access the globe now okay yeah. so so access sri lanka has become access the globe yeah yeah, yeah, and you do basically you do consultancies on accessibility for tourism in Sri Lanka, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. But we um, two years ago, I I started doing some work in Dubai as well for a, um, a school for hand, uh, people for children with disabilities. Um, um, we were, I was hoping to expand, you know, from just focusing on Sri Lanka to also moving into the Middle East. So, lovely, yeah. lovely. Mm. Yeah, because I know you have this passion for Sri Lanka that we're going to be talking about later on, uh, which is really like like a long, long, long um, love story with this with this beautiful country, but. Um, I wanted to to ask you to tell us a little bit about your past professionally because you've had quite um you've touched quite a few different um sectors uh when it comes to accessibility so this this accessibility for travel consulting is is uh just like the most recent um topic you've um, worked on yeah well I started off I graduated from university with in economics I wanted to go into banking, um, but in the 90s, if you had a disability, it was very difficult to get a, a job in the financial sector. So I started doing voluntary work for a charity, um, and they concentrated on improving access in clothing stores. So we go into a shop, have a look at if there were hearing hearing loops, what kind of signage there was, how wide the aisles were, that that kind of thing. Um, so I did that for about three years. Then I started working with uh, my father, who was building houses. 
and I would advise him and give him consultancy services, although he never paid me, um, on how, how they could improve access in a natural house. So we looked at the Whitford doorways, um, putting in uh, wet rooms into a house, ramping up to the, the doorstep, uh, that kind of thing. Um, and then after that, this would have been about 2017, um, I thought about trying to improve accessibility for tourists in Sri Lanka um, because I've been going to Sri Lanka and at the time it, it was 16 years I've been going every year and I could count the number of disabled tourists I, I met during my travels on one hand um, so I thought well Sri Lanka is got everything as i've told you before it's you know the weather the food the culture history the people um but you know when it comes to accessibility if you're in a wheelchair if you're a wheelchair user you you can you can find it very difficult to get around so i started my own company and I tried to um, get the whole idea of accessibility in tourism in Sri Lanka to, to be taken up. Unfortunately, one, one big tour company said, oh, yeah, there, there is a big market here. Um, so I've been working with them for two years now, just giving them consultancy services um, and then by luck uh, coronavirus hit everything is on pause but the good news is Sri Lanka has opened up the airport um, I think it was on Monday um, and they started vaccinating the local population today uh, Great. So, you know, hopefully as soon as I get vaccinated, I can go over there and start things up again. Um, and I'm, I'm thinking that because people with disabilities are going to be one of the first groups uh, to start travelling, um, I'm saying to tour operators, well, you know, don't you want? Don't you want to attract the the first people who are getting on the plane? Um, so you know, fingers crossed, things will look a lot better in second half of the year. Love travel, miss travel, right? Then you should join Tabby Folk, the online community for inclusive travel where you can meet people from all over the world, exchange tips, ask questions, meet locals, and um, be the local that they ask questions to also. 
So um, create your profile on Tabby Folk. It's free and it's a lively and international community that you will love to spend time with. Tabbyfolk.com. The address is in the podcast notes. Enjoy. But um, I have a question for you regarding not you as a as a travel expert, but you as a traveler. So I want to know what how would you describe your travel style? And if you think this is going to change after COVID or, you know, if you're just going to keep on traveling in the same way and with the same looking for the same things um, as you did before. So what kind of traveler are you now were and will be? I think before um, before this happened, I was very. Mm, some people would say I was tight <laughs> and didn't like spending money, but <laughs> I, I was always wary about, you know, if I could, if I should spend this because it, it maybe if I didn't have a coffee at eleven o'clock, I could have an extra gin in the evening. Um, Life is made of choices. Yeah. <laughs> coffee or gin, and unfortunately, coffee lost. Um, but I think now that, you know, after what we've all been through, um, you know, I I mean, I, I always tell people life is short, so always enjoy it while you can. Carpe diem. Um but, you know, I would say that, but I would realistically try and save every, every penny I had because I never knew what would happen to my way. Um, but now, I mean, what we've been through, I can't see anything like this happening ever again. So I'm just, I really am going to just enjoy myself. Um, and when I, when I, I went away last year, I went to um, Cambodia, Sri Lanka and Thailand and India. And um, I, I'm so glad I did that now because, you know, by spending a bit extra money, um, I experienced so much more. And, you know, it's like it's made up for, you know, last year. Uh, so this year, um, you know, I'll be going to Sri Lanka, first of all, um, and then looking at Cambodia again, uh, Thailand, maybe Vietnam, um, because where we Sri Lanka is... Also, is beautiful, and that will always be my first love. Um, Cambodia is also an amazing country, but accessibility is not good there. So there's a lot of work that I can do there. Well, sounded big-headed, but it's not just me. There are other people over there, but... It, it has got a lot to offer people. What are your tips for, for travelers using a wheelchair for going to Cambodia and Sri Lanka? Because I know Thailand is rather well equipped. 
Yeah. Um, it's very touristic and it's rather accessible, I'm told. I've, I haven't been myself, but um, I know that, yes, Cambodia and Sri Lanka, as you also said, they're a bit more rough. How? What, what are your like two or three tips that you can give people that they should you know, plan for or or get ready for? Right. Okay. Well, for for me, um, the biggest when I'm planning a trip away, the biggest problem is researching hotels, finding an accessible hotel with a, a disabled bathroom, um, and then look trying to find accessible transport. Um, now, in my case, fortunately, I, I can walk a bit. So even though I use a wheelchair, you know, when I'm going from pub to pub, um, sorry, I didn't mean pub to pub, I meant restaurant to restaurant. Um, you know, I can walk, you know, I can walk into a taxi um, and, you know, if there were a couple of stairs into a museum, I can, you know, if someone helps me, I can walk upstairs. Um, so Cambodia, I think, if you can walk a bit, um, you, you can manage. Um, whereas with Sri Lanka, Sri Lanka, we've got a fantastic wheelchair accessible vehicle. Um, and we were working on hotels. Um, I mean, at the moment, we've got four or five hotels, which, you know, have disabled bathrooms. Um, but you know, Sri Lanka, you know, if you do your research, contact me <laughs> and I can give you some advice. Yeah, four or five hotels is not a lot, but it's, I mean, I guess it's already a big uh, a big change. It's a shift. I mean, it's um, two years ago, there was nothing. So, and there wasn't even a wheelchair accessible vehicle. Um, but there is now, so, so we're, we're making improvements. Great, great. So, so you're basically you're you're a cheap traveler, but are you going to become a, almost a luxury traveler in the future? You're going to splurge a bit more. Uh, yeah, well, I'll I won't worry so much about the coffee. I'll have coffee and gin. Just, just, <laughs> just let's focus on the important things in life and yeah. that's why i want you as a as a as a gin connoisseur and uh and con and consumer uh, what, what where did you have your best gin and tonic on holiday <clears throat> so where, where is the best place to go or where is the you know when was that time when you really had a gin and tonic with great company great location uh you Favorite gin and tonic moment. Right. Okay. I think. Can I give you two? Oh sure, sure. Even three. <laughs> uh, the first location is Mount Lavinia Hotel in Sri Lanka. 
which is a colonial-style hotel. And it used to be the, the British governor's home. Um, but it, it's now a hotel, so you got big oak uh, doors and it's open to the uh, sea, to the ocean. Um, so you're sitting, I was sitting there and they were playing 1920s music. So it was like the flappers, flapper era. And I was having gin and tonic, just looking out over the Indian Ocean, um, sipping my gin with four friends, which was very nice. Um, and then the second best location, I think, is Hong Kong. Um, now, I'd spent 10 days in Taiwan um, having some medical treatment, which is very painful. Um, and there was a very strict diet. So I couldn't eat any meat. I couldn't have coffee. Um, I couldn't eat dairy. Um, and definitely no gin. So after 10 days in Taiwan undergoing this treatment, um, I went to Hong Kong and on that occasion, I did spend a bit more money. I thought I'd splurge and relax a bit. So they, I, because I checked into a basic room in a four-star hotel um, and they, they said, oh, do you want a, an upgrade to the, uh, to the Platinum Club? And yes. Thought, well, what is the Platinum Club? And they said, well, if you pay £50 more, um, you can go to this club on the rooftop um, and you have your own breakfast. You know, you don't you don't mix with the underlings. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't mean that. Um, <laughs> so you can go into a private restaurant on the rooftop, um, and in the evening you can go onto the rooftop for. Um, you can have cheese buffet and any alcohol that you want. And I said, any alcohol? And they said, yeah, no limit. So fast as I could do it, I slapped down $50 on the desk and said, yeah, book me in. <laughs> I'm in. So, so anyway, after 10 days of very difficult treatment in Taiwan, um, you know, I spent a bit more money, went to this platinum club and had gin and tonic every night, looking out over the Bay of Hong Kong. And it, it was very nice. I've really enjoyed that. 
Oh, thank you. I knew you did that. So. <laughs> I think I'm, I'm sorry. I'm really, I was trying to get your your travel style. I'm really, really, it's 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 uh, you know we, we're all understanding it more and more the more you tell us <laughs> about these episodes. Kind of create this uh, traveling persona, which is which is very very funny. <laughs> but um, I want to ask you now. What this is the hard question. What was your worst holiday moment or travel travel moment in your whole life? The one that you really say that must never happen again. Oh well, yeah, tough one. That would be. I'm not going to say the country, um, but it was in the past three years. I went somewhere. And I landed um, landed at the airport at midnight, um, went to uh, passport control, and the first of all, the passport officer um, made fun of my speech. Oh, uh, we want to know what country this is now. No, I can't. I can't. Yeah. You're too kind. Yeah, I'll tell you if later. Mm. Uh, and then um, he wanted me to, because you had to uh, give a fingerprint, you know, before they let you go in. And where the, the fingerprint machine was, you had to go up two steps. And I was in the wheelchair. And I said, well, I can't go up there. I, I, can't, I can't do it. He, he said, try. So I pulled my foot down, well, pulled my foot down and said, no, I can't do it. So two other people came over and they, they listened to me. And they said, oh, no problem. They just picked up the sensor and they had a long lead. So they put the sensor on my knee. Um, so yeah. I think that guy, the passport immigration, that was the worst uh, position I've been in. Um, and... I mean, even now it makes me angry. Um, so, yeah, that's the worst. But, you know, having said that, it's, um, I've been lucky enough to have met some really good people in every country I've been to. So, you know, odds are that I was meant to you know, meet a real idiot one day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or later, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we go from the worst to the best. The best holiday, the best trip Ooh. of your life. can also be one you haven't done. Well, the, the best, you you want one, one that I want to do in the future. Or... It can be one you've already done, or you can say, you know, like... Um, the best trip we have, we have, uh, you know, the best the best trip we took is the one we haven't taken, right. you know, kind of thing. That you, you would can be choose, very, or you can do both. Uh, philosophical. Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the, the best one that I've done um, 
would be, I suppose, Thailand. Um, when they went there with my dad in the, uh, well, about four months after we went there, he he got cancer. So, um, you know, when I think back of all the things we'd done, you know, during that holiday, it was magic. Um, but also, I'd just come out of a really bad relationship. Um, and I... I didn't, didn't want to go to Thailand, but my dad said, oh, yeah, go, come on, come on, let your hair down, you'll get over, get over her. Um, and I did. <laughs> That's great. So, um, as, Nothing like a great holiday to get over a heartbreak. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I recommend... Um, Thailand to anyone who's depressed. <laughs> super, super. <laughs> Any place in particular? Uh, we went to, well, we went, started off in Bangkok. Um, then we went to Kanchanaburi, which is where uh, the bridge over the, the River Kwai is. Um, and then we went to Kosamet, uh, one of the islands. Um, and I think Kanchanaburi was the most enjoyable for me because I, I love history. So it's um, it's funny that I went to Kanchanaburi to see the bridge. And then the film, The Bridge Over the River Kwai, was filmed in... Guess what country? In England? <laughs> no. <laughs> Sri Lanka. Oh, right. So uh, I've seen um, the real bridge and also the the film set, film location. So It wasn't in Pinewood <laughs> Studios. <laughs> no, that's only Bond. <laughs> mm. But not the last ones, the last bonds. I mean, they've traveled quite a lot. Yeah. I, I went to Siena the, the summer they were filming, um, I think it was Quantum of Solace, the, the second bond with, uh, with Daniel Craig, of whom I am a terrible, huge fan. So I took, I dragged my sister in the middle of the Siena Square during the Palio, during the horse race. Um, they didn't film during the horse race because, of course, the city, the, 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 you know, the people from Siena would have not had, accepted that you know like interfering in their annual you know uh, horse race which is like the whole city basically is is built and functions around the the palio mm. but um but we we saw we were actually in a position in a very uncomfortable position in the middle of the square which was full of people um how weird to think that we were so close to so many people and standing there for like 3 hours or something waiting for these horses to just start and um we were just under the window where daniel craig and his wife were having a toast with champagne and uh you know probably with the mayor or some other authority because you know they were the special guests uh that summer and me and my sister we were in the middle with no nothing to drink anymore because we'd run out of everything <laughs> it was so hot it was a nightmare 
<laughs> but um, so yeah, they do go on location. The James Bond, <laughs> I can, I, I've seen them. <laughs> well, uh, I meant I was hoping to to go to Thailand in March last year, um, and I was thinking, oh well, the Bond film comes out in March, so I can go and see that in Bangkok, um, but. I think it's now been put back to October this year, so... So you might still make it. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. Second chances, yeah. second chances. <laughs> but um, tell me a little bit. I'm, I'm curious how you, you how this love for Sri Lanka started. When was the first time you went? And... Um, how did the love affair start? I mean, why did you did why did you come back every year? Why why do you like it so much? Right. Well, I first went there in no, October nineteen ninety nine, and I'd been my sister, my sister and me. We have a neurological disease uh, called Friedrich's ataxia. And we'd been told, well, she'd been told of a doctor, acupuncture doctor in Sri Lanka who would, um, who could cure it. So my my dad bought us tickets, air tickets, to go out there, stay with this doctor for, we were meant to stay there for half a year. Um, now, after... A couple of days, I realised that this doctor was just on the make, and his clinic was next door to a brothel. Was <laughs> 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 it part of the treatment? <laughs> no, because I left. Maybe I should have stuck it out. Um, <laughs> but um, anyway, he. he he was charging $50 a day for treatment and lodging. And the lodging was very, very basic. Um, and, you know, I, I'd gone there with my, my girlfriend at the time and come with me to keep me company, um, which is another story. Um, and after a couple of days, I thought, right, we we can't stay here. So I said, well, we'll go into Colombo and we'll try and find a, a better accommodation for my sister and my girlfriend. Um, anyway, we spent the whole day traveling around Colombo, looking for a hotel to stay. And by the end of the day, my girlfriend at the time was getting very short-tempered. <laughs> and I said, right, okay, well, I don't care how much it is. The next hotel we find, we're staying at. Um, so anyway, we drove up this long road, and it turned out to be the Mount Lavinia Hotel, you know, Beautiful five-star hotel, four-star hotel. Um, and, you know, at the time we were going through the gates, I was 
reaching for my wallet, counting how much money I had, thinking, oh, I wish I hadn't said this. <laughs> but anyway, we stayed in the hotel, and the following morning, I was chatting with the manager, and I told him the predicament we were in, and he said, well, we can give you a stateroom, which was a massive suite. So me, my girlfriend, my sister, we could all stay there for, I think it was $40. Wow. Even better than the... Yeah, I mean, the, the daughter was charging me $50, my girlfriend $50, and my sister $50. So I thought, well, we can all stay here in this fantastic hotel um, every morning, get a, a tuk-tuk, three-wheeler, you know, but maybe a pound to the clinic and then come back in the evening. So anyway, uh, that's when I uh, fell in love with the Melabinia Hotel and all the people in that hotel were fantastic. Um you know, so friendly, so warm, helpful. Um, and even when I go back today, well, you know, two years ago, um, a lot of the people are still there. So, you know, they... they so you grow up. <laughs> well, yeah, it's... Um, I mean, I go there for breakfast and, you know, all the waiters know me by name and the managers, you know, good morning, Mr. James. And everyone out, every other guest at the hotel must think, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> oh, he's a top one. Yeah. He's a top one. Yeah. <laughs> he must be a shareholder. He must be one of the owners. Yeah. I wish I was. So that, that's when I fell in love with the people in Sri Lanka, apart from the doctor and his brothel. Um, <laughs> and you know, I just then started going back every year because also at the hotel, um, at the time there was a, an Ayurveda doctor, and Ayurveda is Indian local medicine, and of course, it was developed more in Sri Lanka. So, I had an Ayurvedic doctor on site. Um, and again, I, I said, oh, because I got speaking with him, and I said, how much would the treatment be for a month? And he said, oh, no charge. You know, just make a donation. Um, and he, he said, which is very Buddhist of him, he said, you know, when you've got the ability to treat people, and make them better, you should do it. You shouldn't worry about what colour they are, you know, what um, nationality, what religion. Um, you know, if you can't, if you can't um, do that basic thing, then, you know, you, you're not helping the world. Um, so I went back every year for Ayurveda, um, and then I met, in 2003, I met an acupuncture doctor who was 
amazing. He was so so warm and friendly and so funny as well. His sense of humour, even though he was Sri Lankan, he he had a very English sense of humour. So we the structure of the day would be a patient would go to the hospital, have the acupuncture, and then at midday, the students of the acupuncture clinic would have a lecture given by this doctor. So and because I was a patient, I was invited to the lectures. Um, and um, that went on for... <sighs> two years, because after two years, he passed away. Um, but by that time, I was so hooked on acupuncture, because acupuncture for, I'm not saying it works for every disease, but for my neurological disease, it worked wonders. Um, so every time I go back, I still go to his clinic and have acupuncture as well. So, you know, it, it's a combination of the people, the weather, the treatment, the food, everything. And also, gin is only two pounds a shot. <laughs> Okay, okay. But I wanted to ask you, um, what's the weather like? Because it can vary a lot, can it not, in Sri Lanka? Yeah, they, they have. Um, depending, for, for such a small country, it's got an amazing array of climates. Um, so depending on the time of year that you go, and also the side of the island you go to, um you could get you could hit the monsoon period um but basically um i mean i say monsoon but you know it can be pouring with rain but it can still be about 25 30 degrees so you know you don't mind that um but Normally, I mean, April can be very hot. You're looking at it can be 35 plus in April. So the best time to go really is January, February, March. Um, November is really big monsoon time. So, but if you're a big fan of thunderstorms um you know it's a wonderful time to go thunderstorm tourism <laughs> well you never know <laughs> everyone has a right to yes to to a thunderstorm holiday once in a lifetime <laughs> throw in a free umbrella <laughs> probably yeah you have to think about that for your for your tour company you know <laughs> As a gadget, you know, big, 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 sturdy umbrella that that will resist the monsoon. <laughs> James, this is this is great. I love I love your travel stories. But now I have one last question for you, which is the cherry on the cake. 
And I want you to give us your your ideal romantic holiday destination. Well, if if you're single, though. <laughs> no, no, I mean any. <laughs> it's like the ideal ro- romance. It can be with anyone, with anything. It can be like a solo vacation with with a cat. You know, it's like uh, it can be a couples. Uh, um, vacation. It could be a threesome vacation. I don't know. <laughs> the ideal romantic holiday, according to you. Right. Um, I don't think I'm very romantic, but I mean, people would say, "Oh, Venice and Paris." Um, really, it depends who, you, who your partner is. <laughs> but I would. I mean, I mean, Liverpool could be an option. <laughs> Um, let's see Um, I mean some of the the islands in Thailand are amazing Um, and also in the Maldives I've I've never been to the Maldives um, because it's always struck me as being a place for couples I think if a single guy goes to the Maldives, he's, you know, he'd look at the place. Um, but I would probably pin the Maldives. Um, but, I mean, I, I to be honest, I'm not really a beach person. I prefer to, to go and see, you know, history and ruins and that kind of thing. Okay, but then I have to reformulate the question. Where's the most romantic place for a gin and tonic? Well. Um, Everywhere. <laughs> at the moment, my, my living room is quite good. <laughs> <laughs> at the moment, I'm sure it's the best place. I mean, better than the kitchen. Not sure if you have a garden, maybe. Yeah, but. I don't know, the garden eats in I, summer. Yeah. Um, <sighs> I'll probably go back to Mount Lavinia again. Um, you know, the although I I love to go to Raffles Raffles in Singapore. Um and have gin and tonic in, in the long bar, uh the famous long bar, but um I think that would be Quite expensive. So, if anyone wants, so it really depends if you know the, the if there is a lot of romance or not. If there isn't enough romance, then well, I, I think with uh, Jane, you can make romance anywhere. <laughs> it's a romantic thing in itself. It's a, it, it's a really it's a romantic drink. Yes. Yes. So, James, you were telling me before that that um, in all of your travels, you've been to, to a million countries, but there is something that's happened to you a few times that you get mistaken for somebody very famous. Who, who is it? Well, I, I would like to say uh, Brad Pitt or Daniel Craig, but... They're very different looking, two of them. <laughs> Thank you. Shall we end this conversation? <laughs> They're different between one another. <laughs> okay. with, with they don't look alike. So. <laughs> I I went to Brazil um, 
oh, it must be about 10 years ago. And I was looking around the cathedral in Sao Paulo and a very attractive Brazilian girl came up to me and I thought, oh, this looks quite good. And she said, do you know you look just like Mr. Bean? And I was got. <laughs> I thought, well, you know. That was her pickup line. <laughs> well, maybe it, it worked, actually. <laughs> oh, <good. laughs> no, it didn't. Um, but the, the same thing happened to me when I was in China. I went to Shenzhen um, 15 years ago. And unfortunately, my wheelchair broke on the first day. Um, so I went round Shenzhen trying to find someone who could repair this wheelchair because I was thinking, oh, well, it's mechanical. You know, surely a garage should be able to do something. So I found this garage near the hotel. And I went there and in my pigeon Chinese and with a lot of hand movements, um, I, I showed this mechanic what the problem was. And he went away and started chatting with some of the people he worked with and he started laughing. And I thought, well, that, I don't know if that's a good sign or not. But anyway, one then came over to me and said, you know, you look like Mr. Bean. So another one. I don't know what, what to make of that. Um, I mean, he's... He, well, you look nothing like him now, so you, you, you must have been a bit different when you were 10 or 15 years ago. Maybe I'll send you a picture. But, oh, yes, yes, yes. So. But funnily enough, he lives maybe 50 miles away from me so okay oh. maybe i should go over and see him once the <laughs> once we so, travel again your twin yeah. but but you know that he ha he tells a very funny anecdote of, because once he said he was at um at some car store to get some replacement parts and um and a guy and, and a guy comes up to him and tells him you know you look really like uncannily like that actor uh rowan atkinson and he you know he tried to say that he actually was rowan atkinson and the guy kept on looking at him in disbelief and saying no nah, no you're not but you really really look like so i think that there's a problem with rowan atkinson and his look alike well it's um i mean it, i told my friends in sri lanka this mr bean story and they they naturally started calling me Mr. Beans. So <laughs> okay. My nickname over there. So. so so thank you. Thank you for this. And um so I, I'm I'm just gonna ask it again, but I know the answer already. As soon as you start traveling again, where are you gonna go? Sri Lanka. <laughs> <laughs> so really fingers crossed that this can happen as soon as possible in all safety. Uh, thank you very, very much, James. And um, yes, where can people find you online? 
if they want to to follow your activities and know more about um, Access the Globe. Right. So media website. The the website address is www.accesstheglobe.co.uk, and you can read about what we do and some of the packages we got. Um, I'm also working on a YouTube channel and also Instagram. Um, and someone told me to start up a, a Twitter feed. So um, that might be coming in the future. Okay, so it's always access the globe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super, so people can follow you and get some uh, some news and most of all, be informed right away as soon as Sri Lanka is open again for yeah. business. Yes, yeah. Good, good. James, again, a big, big thank you and uh, look forward to seeing you soon. Yes, okay, thank you. Nice to see you again. Nice to see you. Big hug, bye-bye. See you. Bye. This episode was offered to you by DestinationEverywhere.eu, the travel platforms for people of all abilities. Now, we are not taking bookings at the moment due to the pandemic situation, but we can definitively help you if you want to start thinking about and pre-planning your next trip. So if you have any questions about finding an accessible accommodation or um, wheelchair-adapted means of transport in the destination you want to visit or a great guide to take you around, please do get in touch with us. You'll find us on um, destinationeverywhere.eu. In the contacts page, you have all the ways you can get in touch with us. Or you can just drop us a message on, on our Instagram or our Facebook um, profiles. We also have a great YouTube channel where you will also find a version of this podcast with subtitles. So see you soon. Bye.